Uh, my name is James. And my name is Matt. And we're talking about games these days. Specifically, the game that we are talking about is the uh, isometric psychological thriller puzzle game. Yes. Sanitarium. Nineteen ninety-eight. It's made by a company called Dreamforge. Yep. Uh, Dreamforge Entertainment with entertainment spelled wrong. (laughs) Oh, really? I didn't notice that. It's like like inter, like I N T E R instead of E N T E R. Mm. Um. So I didn't actually look up other games that they made. Did you? Yeah, they have actually kind of a surprising backlog. Um, So they made the. Do you remember the? the game Warwinds. Yes. They made that game really? and its sequel. Um, oh. And they also did a lot of uh, first-person uh, dungeon-crawling D&D games for the PC. Okay. And then also this game. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, they did. Um, <laughs> both of the Ravenloft uh, adaptation oh. games, um, they did a Dungeon Hack, which is basically like net hack but with D and yeah. in the first person. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh they let's see. So this is this is a point and click adventure game. Kind of. Kind of. Is it not? I mean you don't really well Oh well I guess you don't okay. really point and click. <laughs> you like point and click and hold. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Yeah. But yes, that is the general Yeah. Uh, which so this came out in ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Um, Monkey Island is the one that I always think of. That came out in nineteen ninety. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which, I would say this is sort of kind of towards the end of uh, point and click adventure game boom. Yeah, and in fact, uh, Grim Fandango yeah. came out the same year. Oh, okay. Uh, and it actually tied for a um, best adventure game of the year award with this game. Oh, wow. Which just seems weird to me uh, for yeah. reasons that we'll get into. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it, it says a fair amount about something. Where games were at the time, I yeah, guess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was definitely like well-received and like critically acclaimed when it came out. Yeah, yeah, I read... I read a lot of reviews that, that were like very surprisingly positive about uh-huh. it. Uh, is there anything else to say about the, uh, the circumstances of its making? I don't think so. I didn't uh, read a lot of like, sort of background information about, like, what they were trying to do or, like, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so the setting... Yes. ...is um, alternate reality? Yeah, so you... It's sort of set in a surreal sort of set of... Um, chapters is how the game is broken up. One of the things that I did read is I guess the idea was originally that they had a, like, 
a couple of different story concepts that they wanted to develop, but uh-huh. nobody felt like they had enough to make a whole game out of, so they decided oh. to sort of combine them together to make interesting one game out of. Okay. Um, and that sort of, explains a few things. Yeah, so <laughs> sort of similarly in that vein, um, you your chapters will alternate between the titular sanitarium. Yes. Um, or the asylum. In is, the quote-unquote real world. Right. And then... <laughs> These more sort of dreamlike, surreal landscapes where the setting all varies pretty yeah. widely. And in fact, after the first one, so does your main character. Yeah. Which is interesting. It is. So so when you start out, do we have to worry too much about spoiling? No, although I think so. it's maybe fair to say at the top that the the maybe the most interesting thing about the game is the story. So if there's any chance that you would play this game, you might want to not listen to this episode. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess, I mean, we're going to give things away. Yes. I didn't feel like there was that much that surprised me about the story, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, Is it worth talking about other stuff first, or should we just go straight Um, into it? I don't know that there's really much more in the setting that... Yeah. talk about yeah because it's like so it is a psychological horror game mm-hmm. and it is like i don't know it, it's in a, it's it takes place in a world where magic and technology are real to some extent yeah probably kind of but okay so there's the there's a the whole weird thing the main sort of starting the main conceit of the game is you your character wakes up in an insane asylum right. with amnesia. Yes. And everything else proceeds from there. Mm-hmm. So from the very beginning, your character is an unreliable narrator in True. some ways. So you don't really know as you go through if the things that are that you see happening around you are really happening or if you're dreaming them or if what. Right. So I guess who knows if, if magic and technology are real. <laughs> but <laughs> it seems like it seems like they are. Like yeah. it seems like they're presented in such a way as to like these are real things that are happening to him. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Kind of. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I didn't get a strong sense for like like waking up in the end and it was like, oh, this is all a dream. You yeah, know? no, not really. But but I think I think at least with the surreal chapters more, they're supposed to be um, sort of reinforcements and reiterations of the like themes of the game, not necessarily supposed to be taken as like actual occurrences. Yeah, and I, I kept kind of looking. For, th- there's those little uh, like Alice in Wonderland touches where like once you've gotten back from one area, you'll see common elements in yeah. another area. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely little bits of like what little you know of your character's backstory kind of bleeds into these other stories that you go through. Yeah. So whether you're whether you're sort of like in that world to learn a lesson to overcome trauma from your past and move on mm-hmm. sort of a thing, uh, or if like you are literally transported to an ancient Incan or Aztec temple and, you know, have to square off against Quetzalcoatl. Right. Uh, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't feel like it necessarily gives you a very strong like ruling on that. Yeah. I guess the the archetype of the story is kind of the man uh, overcoming your own... Yeah, I mean, it's the classic, like, person with, you know, uh, like, debilitating mental illness uh, manifests these strange and twisted realities around them. And then, like, by 
overcoming each scenario, they get a little piece of their sanity back. Yeah, kind of yeah, thing. it's definitely that sort of definitely that sort of a story. Um, and it was pretty. You're right. The the story is kind of the most interesting, or at least that's like the most engaging part of yeah. it. Yeah, it felt it, it felt it felt <laughs> fairly immersive. Yeah, in that regard, I think. Yeah, I was definitely like. I mean, I don't think it's a, a spoiler to say, at least for us, that the the bummer part of this game is definitely the game part. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I was always like interested enough to see what the next like thing was because they do a really cool uh, job of like sort of having like mirroring events in mm-hmm. um in the like dream chapters so you'll do a thing and then that will trigger a flashback that helps your character remember something right so i was always interested in like getting those flashbacks and like seeing the next part yeah and sort of exploring each of the dream worlds that mm-hmm. you go into like is always fun to sort of explore kind of like going to like different mist ages yeah you know like each one feels like it has its own sort of contained world that it takes place in Mm -hmm. and there's a little bit of backstory and there's a little bit of way that you can move forward the events that are currently that you find yourself in the middle of right Okay, let's do the mechanics. Okay. You, I mean, you, you point and click. Yes. <laughs> but unlike a traditional point and click game, which is usually a two-dimensional um, viewpoint or a flat perspective, yeah. this is isometric. Right. So you're looking down on your character and the environment. And they've made the strange choice to, instead of click where you want to go, you have an arrow that you point in front of where your character is going and then hold down the, like, left mouse button. Yeah, yeah, to continue walking in that direction. Kind of of like you're pulling them on a string, kind of. Uh, Which, I mean, say what you will about it, that does conveniently mean that they don't have to do pathfinding. (laughs) Yes, true. (laughs) Which I think is really annoying. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) So, like, one of the big... Um, frustrations of this game is like the character is completely unwilling to do anything with anyone that's not like like right, right in front in their face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like you might see someone up on a like on a balcony with a staircase that you can walk to, and you'll click on them, and he'll just be like, "I don't know what to do with that." Yeah. I can't not get there. Happen. <laughs> These two are far away. Right. <laughs> um, so, like, you have to walk your character over to the stairs, go up the stairs, walk right on top of the, like, NPC, right. and then talk to them. At which point, maybe it's worth mentioning, you're not actually allowed to walk upstairs on your own. True. It always takes over and walks you up flights of stairs. Yeah. Which is odd. Yeah. And and <laughs> can sometimes cause issues with, like, if you're trying... Because the navigation is oddly imprecise. Yeah. If you're trying to walk your character around an area of stairs and you accidentally, like, <laughs> pass through the trigger- triggering area, yeah. then it'll just shoot you down the stairs and you'll have to walk back up the stairs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, really, the, the process of, a, of traversing the environments is not well put together. Yeah. Like, that, it, it's time-consuming, uh, it's easy to make mistakes, it's mm-hmm. frustrating. 
which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I also thought that um, the other the other sort of main uh, sort of adventure game mechanic is, of course, like doing inventory object puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that you open your inventory is kind of weird. By clicking on yourself. By clicking on yourself, yeah. yeah. And it's, that's, it's especially weird because... Like, in some ways, I appreciate that that collapses a lot of the interface stuff into just one step. Yeah. But because of the thing where you have to be really close to objects to use them, a lot of times you end up overlapping the thing that, like, so you'll have to click on something to examine it, Mm -hmm. and then click on it again to interact with it, and then click on yourself, and then click on the item you want and then click on it again to use the item on it. Yeah. And at that point, your character is probably standing right in front of it. And, yeah. Yeah, a lot of times i found that I wanted to either get something out of my inventory, but, like, clicking on myself triggered another action because I was too close to something. Yeah. Or I wanted to get rid of something I was holding on to, mm-hmm. but I couldn't do that easily either. Right. Right, which it, it to put things away again, you click back on yourself. Right, instead of just like left clicking or something. Yeah, uh, I forget. Was there like a right click? Do you right click to move? Is that? I think so. Okay, so you just hold down the right button to move in that direction, mm-hmm. and then left click on the things to interact with. Yes. That's kind of the, the main yeah. paradigm. Mm-hmm. There's no other buttons other than that. No, except for maybe escape. There's actually a quick save. Really? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> what button was it? Uh, probably like Q or something. Oh, that would yes. be useful. <laughs> uh, that would have been useful because there is no auto save. Right, of course, since this is an older game, uh, yes. there isn't auto saving. Um, you do have to do all your manual savings yourself. Yeah. Helpfully, though, um, it does. I don't think you can game over. Mm hmm. Even, no, I really don't. Even that. in the strange two sections where the game has combat for no reason, yeah, uh, you don't die. You just kind of get dumped out into the beginning of the level. Yeah, you have to redo that little section. Yeah, which is nice. I mm-hmm. appreciate that. You don't need to have real death in because they real death doesn't mean anything in adventure games anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Also, like, the game being what it is, is frustrating to interact with already. Like, uh-huh. I can only imagine if you could accidentally kill yourself all the time. Right. Small mercies. <laughs> um, there is combat in the game uh, for two levels. I guess. <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Uh, you, in one of the levels, you can kill crows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Using, with a scythe. like, a scythe, yeah. Yeah. And then in the other game, or in the other level, you breathe fire at an octopus. Mm-hmm. First at its tentacles, and then at the large torso that's yes. coming out of the top of it. Yep. Um, it's pretty... I mean, like, it is unnecessary, but also inoffensive, so... Yeah. Yeah, it was really easy. Yeah. Like that, you just make sure you click on the thing yeah. before it gets to you, and then you're fine. Yeah. Click it before it clicks you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but other than that, I mean, that's pretty much the, me- the mechanics that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually each level has kind of a set piece puzzle yeah. that it's it's based around or you'll have to interact with a lot. Mm-hmm. Those vary pretty widely in terms of, like, whether I think they're good or not. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know, playing tic-tac-toe isn't that fun. Yeah. But, um, like, the water pipe rerouting puzzle mm-hmm. in the uh, 
in the third chapter is pretty okay. Yeah. Um, there's the the one puzzle where you have to f- decipher the letters from the chalkboard. That's the worst. Um, do you oh, remember that one right. from the laboratory? I had to look up how to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that one's really bad. Yeah. Uh, because uh, there's, like, no in- instruction involved. Yeah. And it's not something you can just, like, play around with until you understand it. Right. I think that's that's really one of my main complaints about puzzle solving in this game, is it doesn't do a good job of calling out the things you can interact with. Yeah. Uh, and it, it really does result in you just desperately clicking around to see like if anything you know in the in your view is is possibly mm-hmm. something you could pick up or use this thing on yeah it also has that weird two-step process where uh in the 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 hive level mm. uh one of the guys has a key under his pillow yeah so you can click on the pillow to examine it mm-hmm. and he says oh this pillow is oddly lumpy and that's it oh and then you have to go <laughs> have to click and again to search it yeah so I, I just was like, oh, well, I guess there's nothing there. Right. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. No, it turns out you need to get the key from under his pillow. That's true. Yeah. Um, it is a little bit pixel hunty in, mm-hmm. in what it wants you to interact with, although I found that most of the time I had a good, like, the, the items that you could interact with stood out from the backgrounds. There were a couple of times where I had some trouble finding things. Yeah. I think there's definitely some that didn't stand out enough. And... Some that seemed um, ill-defined, like what you were looking for. Yeah. Uh, I think, especially right away in the uh, like the pumpkin patch, children of the corn scenario, uh-huh. um, you needed to find a weapon to mm-hmm. get through the pumpkin patch mm-hmm. to fight the crows. Yeah. But over the course of that, you had been given what, like a crowbar, crowbar a sledgehammer, a, sledgehammer. a uh, uh, shovel. Yeah. And it turns out that none of those things are weapons. Well, right, because they're single-use items. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know, some, very, some stuff like that Very poorly constructed. Yeah. Whether it's just too, it's too easy to think, like, I have the right thing, I just don't know how to use it yet, and uh-huh. actually you don't have the right thing. Yeah. And it hasn't been, like, clear enough about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, too, at least, like, did you feel kind of lost in the circus level? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I eventually figured it out, but like I understood that I had to be doing things for people in the tent, right? Um, but like the 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 weird like economy of like gaining yeah, tickets, tickets to spend on things, right, was confusing. Um, it took me a really long time to figure out that so like to get the fire breather um, fuel mm-hmm. for her fire breathing, you need to get the disin- like alcohol disinfected from the tattoo artist, not the plethora of vodka bottles that are lying around. Yeah, the, that the, it makes a point to call out. Right. Or all the fire barrels right. that your character specifically remarks upon. Mm-hmm. Which seems weird. Yeah. And and then when you when you get to the point where you need to start a fire... Somehow you use a shard of a broken mirror to do it. Because uh, you reflect the sunlight. That's Man. not how mirrors work. <laughs> <laughs> you need a lens for that, I'm pretty sure. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, there, lots of weird little stuff like yeah. that. Um, not the, I mean, like, 
I realize to some degree that kind of comes with the territory. Like, True. I'm not sure I can think of one of those games that I haven't needed to look up, like, one or two things. Yeah, it's it's rare to come across, uh, especially of this vintage uh, point-and-click adventure game that doesn't sort of rely on... Yeah, some sort of pixel hunty. Yeah. Yeah. There's not really, like, you can't you can't really combine items. Like, sometimes you can use one item on a thing in the world, and right. then use another item on the thing in the world, and then that happens, but... There isn't any, like, much. mixing, no, which is good. I don't think so. Yeah, it, keeps, it really keeps item management fairly simple. Mm-hmm. And it does do a pretty fair job of getting rid of items that you True. don't use anymore, yeah. which I do appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um... Let's let's do video and audio and then do story last. Okay. Because that way we can, we can get all that out of the way. Sure. How does it look? Terrible. Honestly, I don't think it looks good, but it I don't think it detracts from the game for me. Oh, I really thought it did. Oh, huh. <laughs> so for me, because it is supposed to be sort of like weird and surreal and like not realistic looking, it worked to have like really badly rendered 3D models and stuff. Really badly. <laughs> Um, I guess that just sort of, like, lended itself to the kind of un- uncanny feel of the game. Yeah. I guess. And, like, I realized, too, that it's, you know, it's a product of its time. Yeah. This was the late 90s. There wasn't very good graphics, necessarily. And, honestly, like, this was probably a pretty good-looking game for its time. Probably. It feels like one of those ones that they would be, like, happy that they had a whole CD-ROM to put graphics yeah. onto and be like, oh, Well, because, I mean, we like... Even early PlayStation games were rendering in full 3D, but really basic 3D and maybe not even looking as good as this game Yes, yeah, in some ways. Technically. It is kind of a... I mean, I, I do kind of feel that if they had had really good pixel graphics, like sprite graphics, mm-hmm. probably would have looked better than, than sort of overreaching yeah. the 3D at the time. That's true. Um, I don't know. Also, I just didn't... I didn't really like any of the character design at all. Like, everything was really ugly. Like, everything was really grotesque. Which I realize, again... (laughs) It's the point. That's the... Yeah, you know, it's it's probably the the incarnation of how he feels about stuff or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like... I just, it just felt really weird that every everybody was misshapen. <laughs> like, nobody was a real human. Everybody was a weird mutant thing. Uh-huh. Uh, all throughout the game. Yeah. Um, I don't really... It just got old. Yeah. Like, I, I almost could have gotten past it in the... I mean, when you start out the game in the asylum, <laughs> you meet a bunch of weird people. Uh-huh. When you go to the first dream world... All the children are, like, mutated right. in some way because of story reasons. Right. Specifically when, on purpose. Right. When you go back to the asylum, more weird people. When you go to the next place, you're at a circus. Right. right? 
So circus freaks and everybody, you know, more mutant people for story reasons. Uh-huh. And then and you go through a thing where everybody's a ghost, and then you're back in the asylum again. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> you go to the hive world <laughs> where everybody is like a weird centaur mutant, half bug, half cyclops centaur goat satyr uh-huh. thing with four arms. And like it's it just gets old. Like yeah. that that no that everything is is weird and like twisted hmm. like that. I don't know. Okay. Like like I like I get it already. Like, <laughs> I feel like they're really they're really harping on this whole uh-huh. like, you know, body horror right thing. I don't, I don't need it. Okay. <laughs> uh the disparity between the character portraits and their in-game models. I realize yeah. that that too is kind of a hazard of the the technology, but that also bugged me mm-hmm. to the point where sometimes, like, I feel like the picture they were showing me wasn't the person. I was talking <laughs> to. Yeah. Um, some I, the, the the animations weren't like I really just didn't like the way it looked in general. Okay. I guess I can just say that. <laughs> uh, I guess it didn't really bother me that much, but it wasn't great. Yeah. Like, it wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like other stuff. I mean, like if you if you want to look at its contemporary, like Grim Fandango, was definitely doing the best it could with the graphics at the time. Right, that game was beautiful. And I mean, they obviously chose a stylized look for that game that was something that could look good with yeah, that's the true. graphic. It's more cartoony um, capabilities that they had. Yeah. Um, one thing that I will say for the graphics is I think they do a pretty good job of um, everything takes place on one, not one screen, but like one map. Yeah. So when there are interior locations, you're not like transported to a different area. Usually, Usually. it uh, it's just, it'll uh, like unfog the yeah. area that you go like into. Like it'll overlay the interior of the building. Yeah, on the of. actual building sprite. Yeah. Which, Which I think pretty it, well. I think it's good. And actually, I'll even I will admit that the like the backgrounds and the environments look okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, those <laughs> I minded them the least, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's not. It isn't like uh, it's not tiled. Like right. everything is completely designed. Like it's a completely digitally painted or modeled or whatever backdrop, yeah. which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the way it sounds? It's fine. Yeah. Uh, the we were actually just talking about the music is actually pretty okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it is you know that sort of gloomy, atmospheric, kind of related to whatever you're doing. Yeah. Kind of music. Yeah, and you get the you know when you're in a church, you get a little bit of a pipe organ. Right. And you know when you're doing piratey thing or whatever piratey was there a party part? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, whatever I'm thinking of, yeah, it, it sort of makes sense to the area that you're yeah. in. Um, it definitely has that sort of like older computer game sound to it. Yeah. Whatever, uh, like sound fonts or MIDI instruments they're using. Right. Uh, but yeah, that that at least feels like appropriate. Yeah. Uh, even if it's not like the highest quality thing mm-hmm. in the world. And it didn't. It definitely didn't get annoying. Like it didn't turn off yeah. the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I don't know. If there's anything that I like. I was humming. Right. Yeah. No. Now. Nothing not stands out. But I don't think it's really supposed to be. No. Also, you know. Uh, the sound effects. 
They're okay. I thought they got a little bit. Like the footsteps. Yeah. A bit annoying sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that maybe could have stood to have a little more attention paid to it. Uh-huh. Uh, I honestly don't even remember that many sound effects. Yeah. There's, there's the walking around and like picking up something sound effect. Mm-hmm. And like doors opening and stuff. Yeah. It's, there's not a lot. Mm-hmm. I didn't look up the guy's name who made oh, the music. No. One moment. <laughs> um, voice acting? Um, was mostly okay. Yeah. With some really, like, low points. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, we're still in the early days of voice acting, so some of this take is given, but... It's it's definitely not across the board good. I don't think the voice actor for Max is very good. No. I don't I don't think whatever he's going for is working. Um, Max is your main character, right? Which we will uh, elaborate on later. Yes. Um, but he kind of he's got two modes. He's either like bewildered. Hey, uh, who are you? Oh God. Or like angry. Yeah. Can I play a game of hide and seek with you? Yeah, if you really want to show everyone what a big fat loser you are. That's it, big mouth. You'd better pray that I don't find you. Let's go. And and like that's it. That's the range of emotions that he can experience. Yeah. Actually, honestly, I think he does the best when he is the um Olmec. These people have called me. I heard their voices. Here is the woman whose magic summoned me. Old woman, what is your station? By the great spirits, you have arrived. I thought your arrival to be merely a vision, but here you stand, Omek. The holy warrior. Praise the gods. Still your tongue, old crone. I asked your station. What is it? The um, Aztec warrior, uh-huh. where he just like runs around and is mean to everyone. Yeah. He does a really good job doing right. that. Well, and even the even the weird Cyclops guy. Yeah. Like he's being very like superhero-y. Uh-huh. Oh, by the whatever, what is what treachery is happening in this room? <laughs> Surely I must do this thing and that thing. Uh-huh. They're, they're dropping Cyclopean babies into the furnace. No more genocide today, monsters. No more embers will be delivered now. I'm certain I'll find Graven resting in his pod. A mechanized arm survived the fire. I wonder if it can be used against them, beasts. Uh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Which is appropriate, too, because that dream world comes out of a comic book. Right. That he had when he was a kid. Yeah. Um, but just the regular, like, sort of voice delivery he does for Max isn't that great. No. Uh, there's definitely a few times where people are doing the thing where they were reading the lines without there being any context <laughs> of what they're responding to. They have weird intonation and, like, pauses in their voice that uh-huh. would be like, why? No one talks that way. Yeah. Like, no one would reply to that question <laughs> the way that you just did. Uh-huh. 
Um, but I don't know. I was I was kind of pleased with how much voice acting there was. There's the a game. surprising amount because actually, like a surprisingly big part of the game is just walking around and talking to people. Yeah. Um, especially in the first couple of chapters, a lot of what you're doing is just walking around, like almost like investigating, right? Like you're walking around. Yeah. And like asking people a set sort of a couple of different questions. Right. Yeah, and usually, you know, once you talk to someone about something or an event happens, that opens up a new topic yeah. that you can bring up with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the composers, by the way, were uh, Stephen Bennett and Jamie McMenemy. Oh, okay. They did a good job. You did a fine job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, there are a couple of voice actors that that were not great. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of specifically. There's a guy in the third chapter that's supposed to be doing an Elvis impersonation, oh, yeah. but he's not doing a very good one at all. Right. Like, he's... <laughs> He's talking in the style of Elvis without actually, like, doing the impersonation. Yeah. Is he wearing big bare feet slippers? Excuse me, what's your name? Are you serious, man? I'm the king. King of what? King of rock and roll, man. I'm Elvis. The Elvis? But I thought you were, uh, well, you know, dead. No, that was all a hoax, man. Pressure was getting to me. I needed a break. Break from what? All your fame? Fame, drugs, food, you name it. I needed time to relax, sober up, slim down. Know what I mean? Yes. Well, it looks like you've shed a few pounds since that Hawaiian concert. Thank you. Thank you very much. I forget, I forget exactly what it was, but he had a couple of sort of like stock Elvis, like quotes or mannerisms that, again, I don't think he actually knew who Elvis was, <laughs> yeah. you know? Right. <laughs> he was just reading what the script said. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, you had like the, uh, uh, the, the, the bug that augments you, like uh-huh. the cyber bug guy, like he had kind of a cool voice. Uh-huh. Um, I think the the voice actor that does uh, Dr. Morgan is pretty good. Yeah. He delivers all of his lines like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And like the sort of, you know, evil scheming doctor that he mm-hmm. is. And I would say that maybe the only context that I would listen to this without the game would be as sort of like background spooky music yeah. or something else. Um, also, and I don't, I didn't play all the way to the end of the game but i know this this is a thing did you listen to the ending credits song yes <laughs> definitely uh, gonna cut that into the show yeah definitely um it's a weird like te- I, I don't know like techno remix it feels very 90s it like does. it's we've we've got this really repetitive backbeat and then we're cutting in vocal samples from the game right but in like silly ways that don't really make sense yeah with some like record scratch sound effects and stuff yeah <laughs> it's very funny it's actually uh the end of fifth element remember they have a they have a track that's like that do they they do oh wow uh it's way better that. than this one but <laughs> <laughs> it is i think you're right it is a very 90s thing yeah <laughs> all right Story. 
if, story. If you're here for this, the, the not story, leave now. <laughs> Go play the game. Because we're going to talk about the story. And honestly, you know, I would say it's frequently on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also available on iOS and Android, although I wouldn't recommend getting it on those because yeah. that sounds like a nightmare. Right. <laughs> um, but if it's at all interesting to you, then maybe just go ahead and buy it. Yeah. Because it's so cheap anyway and like dip your toe in and if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, story. Okay. Yes. So, your main character mm-hmm. wakes up. Yeah. He's, uh, you have a little, like, intro cutscene where you're driving away and you crash a car. Yeah. You have, like, a like a Eureka, I have it moment. Uh-huh. And then, on your drive home while you're speeding, your brakes stop working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you wake up. Are you, like, in an examination room or something? Or is that later? I think that's another... That's a subsequent flashback. Okay, so you wake up in the asylum. You walk around, you talk to some crazy people. Um, You do some fancy tricks with towels and uh, zip lining. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That leads up to you... Um, you find like a videotape of an interview, I think, that you do with Dr. Morgan, mm-hmm. where he's talking about you having these sort of like psychotic episodes, That's essentially. Right. You you learn that your character has blackouts mm-hmm. um, and sort of these hallucinations. Yeah. Uh, this isn't the first time that you've tried to escape. Right. In quotations. Yes. <laughs> um, and then you get transported... But, but like you know, you don't just get transported. Like you find this oh, angel that's statue, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you do some. What do you do? You, you like give it a gem. You give it a thing. Yeah, you somehow add something to the angel statue, and she like leans forward and engulfs you in her wings. Yes. And then you get taken to the town with yeah. the kids. Yeah, to the first dream world. Yeah. Which is a scenario that I actually really liked. I think it's probably the best one. I think so too. In the game. What do you think the second best is? Um, I think the house, um, oh, your childhood I home. I kind of forgot about that. Is actually the second best after the carnival. Like the hive, second best. The hive is pretty cool That's too. Pretty anyway, so you land in an abandoned town, right? Or there's a, it's only populated by children. Yes, uh, children who make. References to some sort of mother, yeah. Uh, that's obviously not the real mother, right? Because uh, all, all the adults, adults are gone; <laughs> they're, they're dead. In yes. fact, you find uh, them. The more you find out, <laughs> yes, uh, you have to go through some sort of like macabre games with the kids, uh-huh. uh, and of course, eventually, it turns out that mother is an asteroid that has crashed like a meteorite that's landed on the earth yeah. has grown a bunch of vines and mm-hmm. turned into a giant like earth mother spirit alien thing that yeah. is currently infesting one of the barns yeah um she's 
she's, you know, classically seen the evil that humans That's right. can do, that adults specifically yeah. can do, and so she's saving the children from them. Yes, the, her so, little seedlings. Yeah, they're so <laughs> pure and innocent. Right. Uh, but she's also horribly mutating them. Yeah. And uh, maybe killed one of them? One of, Didn't um, one of the little kids... One of the kids did die, but I don't remember if it's her fault or not. Oh. Anyway, she's got to go. Yeah, reasons. Because <laughs> you got to get out of this dream world somehow. <laughs> so you uh, electrocute her. Uh-huh. And that lets you go to the next area, which is like a courtyard in the asylum. Mm-hmm. Which honestly is... I kind of, in a way, I kind of wish they'd cut the asylum chapters out. Me but too. I think they're... They are there to establish, like, Dr. Morgan. Mm -hmm. So that part is important. But the stuff that you end up doing in them isn't. Yeah. Yeah, no. I I don't know if it's just to, like, make you, like, question... Right, to kind of underline that narrative, that structure. Um, The nature of, you know, Max's sanity or whatever. Am I alive? Is it a dream? (laughs) Is this real? Am I I insane? Um... (laughs) So you do some stuff around there. Uh, you play records for people. Um, you talk to Dr. Morgan, and he'll tell you a little bit more about your sort of time in the in the asylum. But yeah. the big thing that you get out of this chapter is you learn that you were actually also a doctor. Yes. Um, and then you get taken to the carnival? Yeah. So in between that that chapter and the carnival chapter, you get a flashback to... When you were a child, um, your sister is, like, terminally ill. Yes. Um, cancer? Something. I don't think it's ever really enumerated. Yeah. Uh, you get to see the comic book that he's reading. Mm-hmm. You also get to um, learn that she wanted you to get her clown doll yes. for her because that was her favorite doll. And then when you go to the toy chest, you can't find it. Right. By the time you get back, um, she's dead. She's dead. And this has a sort of formative, lasting impact on Max as a character. Right, because that was the last thing that he did was let right. her down. He couldn't get her toy for her. Yes. So in the next chapter, we're going to be playing as Sarah, yeah. going through the carnival and kind of doing various jobs for carnival people. But the kind of idea behind this one is, for some reason, the carnival, the whole carnival is ship shipwrecked. Yeah, it's like wash. wash or it's they're on an island and everything around them is flooded. Yes. They they used to have a squid boy, yes. but now he's slowly killing everyone. Yes. Um, so you have to do stuff for them. Eventually the fire breather will teach you fire breathing so you can kill the squid boy. Mm-hmm. And then you go into your old childhood home. Um, and this is really cool because I think the visual effects work really well. There's yeah. a lot of sort of... Um, like like warping effects. Yeah, and like sort of like blood effects on the walls and yeah. stuff. Um, but you you basically walk through the house and see a bunch of like sort of little vignettes of like different characters and how they reacted sort of directly out of after um, Sarah's death. Right. So you get to see you know Max being sad and. His dad being like, oh, you know, there's nothing you could have done for her. Mm-hmm. But also compulsively rewatching old videotapes of yes. her. And the mom just kind of trying to make everyone move on with their lives. Right, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and so the way you fix that one is obviously you have to find the toy. Right. Which it turns out she, like, locked away in the attic, and there's no way you ever could have found it. Which yeah. maybe is reassuring to Max. Yeah. <laughs> um, after that one, do you do the Grimwall chapter? Is it the Hive? Yeah. Do you go straight there? I think you stop back. Oh, the there is another Asylum chapter to do the laboratory. The laboratory. Uh, where you find out, you know, Dr. Morgan's been doing these weird, like, sort of dark science experiments yes. on people. Yeah. Uh, he's really close to cracking something. I think it's immortality. Maybe. Something like that. Like, he wants to be able to live forever. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. But there are, you know, a bunch of bodies sort of splayed open and autopsied. and Yeah. Um, you get lots of good um, clips of Max just being this is disgusting who could do such a thing <laughs> there's blood everywhere who would butcher these people like this yuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and I think you find also do you find some interview tapes in this one Maybe. You find his, like, music. Oh, that's right. Too, his, on, like, um, audio journals. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, whatever he's doing, old people don't work for it. It has that's to right. be young. Yeah. Which, I suppose, in a way, that's similar to what Mother's doing. Yes. Right. She doesn't like old people. She wants young people. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you go to Grimwall. Uh, who's a legendary centaur hero. Uh, <laughs> this chapter is actually really weird because, like, it feels like they put a lot of, like, this might have been their other idea for a game. Yeah, They I really just think didn't so. know how to flesh it out. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a surprising amount of, like, world building in it. Yeah. So, like, Grimwall is a hero, is the hero of a war between insect creature and these, like, centaur uh, cyclops creatures. Yeah. Now there's, like, an uneasy peace between them, but the, like, peace delegation has sort of ended up working for the insects mm -hmm. who are killing baby centaur cyclopses to, like, power their machinery. Yes. And, in fact, the, like, diplomat that was supposed to be working with the insect queen is making half-insect, half-centaur cyclops... Also Hybrids? half robot cyborg. Yes, also robot cyborg. Yes, to take over the world. Except he's using that as a smokescreen for actually doing something else, isn't he? Like, is he also is he sort of like the Doctor Morgan? Oh, he's. Like, all, I mean, he's definitely doing like he's doing like experiments on babies. Yeah, and he's making a bunch of clones of himself. Yeah. Maybe. He also probably wants to live forever. Yes. I don't know. There's... I think that, so the big sort of connective thread between the dream things, I think, are supposed to be um, how children are treated and mm -hmm. how adults act. Because mm -hmm. um, a lot of mm -hmm. them have to do with, like, saving children. Yeah, that's true. And then, like, terrible adults. Right. Um, and, like obscene body horror mutation yeah. mutilation stuff. Mm -hmm. So the end of that chapter is just like the Cyclops is nuking the place. Yes. Uh, yeah, after you... <laughs> oh, because you, you have to like prove it to your friend? Oh yeah, you have to collect evidence. Yeah. And then after that you warp back to the asylum. Yes. Uh, you do a little bit in a like 
uh, like a morgue and cemetery mm-hmm. where you kind of walk around and find out that there's some weird shenanigans going on with, with dead bodies. Yeah. Uh, that the, also that there's, there's living trees that were created to protect jewels. Yes. Ancient Aztec jewels. Mm-hmm. And that if you, <laughs> in very classic uh, Indiana Jones fashion, if you hold the jewel up to the sun in the right way, yeah. it allows you to unlock the temple, mm-hmm. which then after you spin some wheels around to some line up Mayan some arcane cal- symbols, calendars. Uh, you warp back yes. to the Aztec days. Right. Um, the mighty Olmec. Yeah, so then you play as Olmec and you basically just like walk around and be mean to people. Yes, until, you're very imperious. Um, until they, you, you, uh, Quetzalcoatl is back. Everyone thought it was going to be a good thing. It wasn't a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you like talk talk to some warrior ghosts. Yep. Um, and then you solve some puzzles in temples, and then you have all the idols to get rid of him. Yeah. And you do. Yeah, that's pretty much how that one goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last section is you kind of controlling all of your different avatars and sort of guiding them through a, a like maze yeah. kind of thing. Like a new weird mindscape dream thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... So neither of us actually played no. through the Aztec part. No. We just watched... A video from there. Yeah. Because the gameplay is really tedious. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but essentially what you're gathering over the course of the game is that Max was actually a doctor who was researching um, a cure for a disease that was affecting only children. Yeah. Um, Which actually, that's probably... Is that what his sister died of? I No, they specifically say it's okay. not at some point. Okay. But his sister's death was what? Like, yeah, the, the sort of impetus for yeah. his obsession. And that the his doctor, frenemy, Morgan, yeah. uh, made a drug to treat whatever this condition was, but it turns out it's not working. Right. Um, Max thinks that he has a cure, but he needs more time to develop it. Dr. Morgan doesn't want to give him, because, you know, finances... And then Max is like, you don't care about curing people at all. Yeah. You're just in it for the money. Uh-huh. Um, so he, like, sabotages your car and yeah. you crash. Yeah. And then towards the end, you uh, you have a weird little thing where he's he's poisoning you. Like, he's, he's injecting medication into your IV bag that's going right. to kill you. And you have to go through some metaphysical, metaphorical struggles in the dream world to get to the point where you can like move your body in the real world so that you can take yeah. the out or like cinch the the cord in time so the poison doesn't make it into your system uh-huh. um, you have to go through the last puzzle by switching between the different characters you've had up until that point mm-hmm. which was kind of it's kind of seems like a cool element yeah but the way that i saw them using those characters felt like it was really limited mm-hmm. like like you have the you have the the cyclops guy who's strong so he yeah. can pick up heavy things and you have the olmec guys made out of stone so he can walk on spikes yeah and the girl is lightweight so she can walk across unsteady things mm-hmm. and it didn't really like do much more than that as far as i could tell yeah um 
I don't know. It that that ending part seemed a little bit rushed. Yeah, it definitely it. felt like it. And I don't think that's just because I watched it on YouTube at <laughs> one and a half times speed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You do. <laughs> you beat the bad guy. Yes. Uh, and then you have the cure for mystery disease. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it ends happily. Yeah, probably. I think I think there is some sort of like final news reel mm. flash or something that says, "Oh, disgraced Doctor Morgan gets blah 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 blah." Uh, yeah. Or does it? Well, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Play the game yourself yeah, and find out. find out. We're not going to spoil the end for <laughs> <that>. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is there like... So the story is really predictable. Like the yes. plot is... Pre- like you've seen it before. Sure. We all know like the character who's driven by his his childhood sibling died. Yeah. And now he's going to do stuff because of that. We all know the like... You had amnesia because mm. your friend gave it to you and he's really been against you all along. Yeah. Like... Uh, was there was there like character growth beyond like regaining memories? No, and in fact, I think one of the issues I have with this game in general is characters don't really have a character. Yeah, they're all very static. And like even beyond like archetypes, like all the NPCs are pretty standard, which is fine. But I don't feel like I ever got a feel for who Max was or like what was he like as a person right because what you get from the game is really all over the place like he's one minute totally disgusted by bodies and then he's like cracking jokes about old people and then he's like you know really angry at people it just seems so broad that you never really get a feel for who he is he seems he seems oddly disturbed by the guy in the second asylum sequence who's wearing a tutu. Yeah, but it's like but he just killed an alien like plant monster in <laughs> yeah. a barn. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's weird, and I don't know even the uh, even his sort of like alternate things that he transforms into or whatever the other characters that he's inhabiting. Uh huh. They don't really grow. Like they don't no. have any progress that they make they just sort of like solve the puzzles that are in front of them yeah but at least like i feel like they have more defined personality personality or traits to them yeah i don't know if the if the little girl does yeah i guess not she's kind of just a little girl yeah (laughs) she's you know precocious yeah enthusiastic i guess uh (laughs) she thinks that vodka smells like clown breath which I think really reveals a lot about yeah, her right. character right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like that. Uh, <laughs> there's a, I don't, there's like a running joke in the Hive level. Um, all of the centaurs have G-related names. Did you notice yeah. that? And in fact, when you can't like do something, uh, Grimwall go grap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah, the consistency of how the little worlds are presented is pretty... It's pretty fun. Uh-huh. I feel like, so knowing now that they originally had a few different ideas about settings for it, and that maybe those settings turned into the different dream worlds, like, that definitely 
That makes sense. That yeah. explains a lot. And I feel out of those, like, the Hive and the, uh, the Mayan level mm-hmm. definitely feel like the most sort of fleshed out. Yeah, I could have stood to have seen both of those expanded. Mm-hmm. The, the initial one with Mother and the Pumpkin Patch... I really liked is just a self-contained little thing. Yeah, that's super cool. Because it's, um, I mean, you know, again, it's not really breaking new ground. Like right. It's Children of the Corn. Right. We've seen this story before. Yeah. But it's a good rendition of that story. Yeah. Yeah. What else do we have to talk about? Um, do you have any wrap-up thoughts? Uh, what do we got? What was what was novel about it? Nothing. The the viewpoint. I guess the, the perspective is really the different. only thing. I think the one thing that they did that messed that up was that they kept Max as the main character in the first dream world. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. Uh, every other dream world they went to, Max turned into someone else. But yeah, in that first story with Mother, true. he didn't. That's true. Uh, if anything, that would have been the time where it would have made sense to, to use have a little, the girl. little girl. And if anything, Max would have made more sense in the circus and then revisiting his old house. Yeah. Because he was Max in his old Like, that, that would have made That's more sense. That's true. Um, and then he would be well I mean it's implied that it's Max the whole time but he would have been the person to get the closure about finding her doll yeah yeah yeah, it doesn't make sense for his dead sister to get the the closure about finding her doll that's true she's dead she doesn't need it right (laughs) Uh, so they uh, yeah Um, I think that it's it's novel it's not novel anymore but the concept of the idea of of the game is good. Yeah. You know, I'm down for weird, spooky, like, surreal settings and visuals and stuff. Yeah, I agree. Um, And that part of the game, even if you didn't like the graphics, I think was executed pretty well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Definitely, like, and in in a way that really fit with that kind of, like, 90s, late 90s Uh aesthetic. Yeah. I do kind of appreciate how collapsed the inventory system was. Yeah. You didn't have to do a lot of inventory management. You just mm-hmm. take things out or put things in. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And actually, the the amount of, like, inventory puzzles is pretty low, too. Yeah. Um, usually there are only a couple of things you can pick up per level. Mm-hmm. It tends to be more about finding things in the environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there isn't really a lot of, like, tricky dialogue stuff either it's a lot more along the lines of exhaust all your dialogue right just make sure you're talking to everyone yeah all the way right there's no wrong way to answer any particular thing that someone says to you yeah there's not even like a dialogue tree per se there's just a list of options yeah uh name of the game it's sanitarium uh did it have a does it have a subtitle i don't think so i don't think so that's um, fine. That's fine. I I do think it's funny that it, they use the word sanitarium and not asylum. Yeah. 
because so I think they pretty specifically refer to the place that you're going as an asylum, right? In and the game, sanitarium is such an old word. Yeah, you know, like sanitary is a lot more common than sanitarium. In fact, I think even Austin asked me what it meant when I oh, told really? him that that's what I was playing. Yeah, it's like oh, it's basically just a, it's an old word for asylum. Like, yeah, it's, nobody uses it anymore. Huh, that is interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the asylum was already taken. Yeah, maybe. That could be. Um, in terms of improvements? I think we hit the big ones. Uh, movement. Yeah. I, th- I think if they could have just changed the movement from drag your character across the stream to point and click and have rudimentary pathfinding, that would have been a big improvement. Yeah. Also, move speed. Yeah. Needs to be up significantly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it takes way too long, especially when you can walk all the way across the level and find out you're missing something, yeah. and then need to walk all the way back across the level, and then walk all the way back to where you needed to be before. Right, or some some levels require you to traverse them multiple times. Yeah. So like the uh, Circus of Fools, like there are certain places that you have to go at different points in the game that yeah. will sort of, like, progress game states. Yeah. And I feel like in in the beginning, there was a couple times where you, once you've gotten to a new area, once you've gotten past the puzzles that let you, you know, that are, like, the gate to get into that new little subsection, you get a little shortcut back. Like, you get that with the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they could have done a much better job about being consistent about that Mm -hmm. the way through, I think. Yeah. Um... I don't know, the consistency of puzzles across the game is not great. No. Um, I don't know, that could have been better. (laughs) What was was your favorite puzzle? (sighs) Um, I think maybe the the water rerouting one seemed like it made the most sense to me. Yeah. I think think i mean that that in some ways that is kind of a classic like mm-hmm. like logic puzzle or whatever but i think it's cool because you specifically have to instead of routing all of the water to all of the outspouts you have to route all of the inspouts into one specific spout right, right. which without, is kind of a different without going like on a bunch of different branches that make you lose pressure yeah yeah um the other one that i think is kind of cool although it did take me a while to figure out because Again, it has that issue with, like, I don't know what's interactable or not. Yeah. Is the uh, bug puzzle that you have to do for the furnace. I think that's actually my favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> Just because, like, so that one is, you're in you're in the hive setting, which is the weird centaur grognar people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're given a, everything is like a, like a cross between robots and bugs in that world. Uh-huh. So you're given a bug, like, uh, like a dragonfly thing that's strapped to a weird like circuit boardy yeah. thing that has buttons and levers around it and nothing is uh, everything is alien mm-hmm. so you basically just have to like press different things until you start to see like oh like when I press this button that thing lights up and that's because I had this thing set to that yeah um, there are different like positions that the wings can be in and different colored light that they can filter through yeah and those reveal different symbols that you can lock into yeah on the other like side of the device I felt I, pro- I felt pretty good about like figuring that one out on uh-huh. my own. <laughs> yeah um 
Would you recommend this game to anyone? If people like point-and-click games... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I would give them the, like, the disclaimer... Yeah. That, like, it is... It hasn't aged well. Yeah, definitely. It definitely feels like an old game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly... Like, this game... We didn't really talk about this, but this game does really kind of have a cult following. Yeah. Not only was it critically acclaimed when it was released, but it consistently is well thought of as a as an older game. Yeah, like a, you know, top top 50 games from the 90s right. that, yeah. that are still good today. Hidden, like, hidden gems of yeah, the Yeah, ones PC. that you missed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like, I feel like there are games that do the things that this game is trying to do much better. Much better, yeah. Like Silent Hill. Yeah. This is basically the same kind of idea. Much better exploration of that sort of atmosphere and setting. Yeah. Yeah. So. And there's definitely better, like, more intuitive, less annoying point-and-click adventure games. Uh Uh-huh. Like Grim Fandango, which came out the same (laughs) (laughs) year. Right. Uh, Which is especially weird to me because, like... It's not like this was a new... This, Like you said, this was sort of like towards the end, like the crest, the, mm-hmm. the golden years uh, of the point-and-click adventures. It wasn't like it was a new thing with right. new space to explore. You yeah. Know? Like the first graphical point-and-click adventure games had been out for 10 Ages, years. Yeah. 15 years, maybe, if you want to mm-hmm. be generous. Like, Yeah. So there's definitely, to some, to some degree, they had maybe not done due diligence like researching the genre and like learning yeah. the lessons from I mean, other games. Like I said, I think the real big innovation that this game brings is the switch in perspective from a two D to like an overhead isometric view. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if that's really worth what you have to put up with put up with <laughs> to get Yeah. That. Well and especially since it comes with, it seems all the like the bad pathing and yeah. having to manually walk around and stuff. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean that would be one thing is if it was on a two D plane or a flat background, you wouldn't have to worry about pathfinding. Yeah, you just move from one side to the other. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's definitely not something I would recommend to everyone. Yeah. Maybe only if you were specifically in the mood to play an old game and you wanted to play something that was kind of weird or interesting. Yeah. Um, Because it is those things. You know, what's funny is I think I came away from this game feeling about it kind of the same way I did about um, Sword of Baphomet. Oh, yeah, that's actually... Broken Sword. Is that, like, I like the idea of it, The gameplay wasn't great, and I'd rather just have, like, a 45-minute animated feature yeah. of this game's story right. than Yeah, the it's, game. it's like they... That's, that's actually true. In both cases, they start with an interesting sort of story setting mm-hmm. and then give you a really bad way of navigating it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when did that one come out? Do you remember? I've already... Similar time, I think. I think. Well, maybe it, like it was a little bit earlier. Ninety-six. Um, okay. Hmm. So three years earlier. Yeah, and even it had didn't did it have some depth of field or I guess it was. I mostly mean, 2D. it is two D, but walking back and forth along the plane. It, 
it's that sort of like like side scrolling beat 'em up 2D where there's definitely like up and down to yeah. it. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So I don't know. I, I would like to continue to try point and click games every once in a while, but I think maybe that's that's where I stand in general on them is I like the ideas and concepts in the games more than I like the actual game. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think maybe it's... I, I could say, at least for myself, that I don't like the genre that much. Yeah. Like, there are definitely exceptionally good games in that genre that I've really enjoyed, mm-hmm. but as a rule, I don't get excited at the prospect of a new point-and-click adventure game coming out. Yeah. You know, like I do about first-person shooters <laughs> or real-time strategy games. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I think that wraps it up for us. Yeah. Um, if you would like to find us, you can uh, get to us at uh, Facebook on facebook.com slash forward slash games these days podcast. And games these days podcast.tumblr.com. Um, you can find us on iTunes under games these days. And on Castbox under games these days. As well as Spotify. Yes. Oh. Website? <laughs> I worked on the website a little bit. We can upload files to it. Now. Hey! Turns out that like a lot has happened to WordPress since oh. the last time I looked at it because it's been like seven years. <laughs> uh, so I, my, my eyes might have been a little bit bigger than my stomach. I'm like, oh yeah, I could just go in and like fix that up. Uh-huh. Um, but I, it still seems like a viable idea. Cool. Just, like it's way different than it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> like behind under the hood. Uh-huh. Okay, so uh, maybe yeah, we'll have a website, website pretty soon. <laughs> Uh, oh, but, and what about the next? Oh, game? the next game is uh, Swords of Ditto, right? Yes, which is like a cooperative hack and slash. Yeah, uh, like a like a top down sprite. Is it sprites or is it three D? Uh, I think it's, it's been a long time since I've looked at it, but I remember <laughs> being really excited about it when it was coming out. Yeah, and, and we're, it's, it's a co op. It's a co op game, and we're going to trying to play it cooperatively. Yes, if at all possible. Yeah, so that should be fun. Yeah. Uh, But until next time... Brother! This is a test of the subject's threshold. Bare feet slippers? You need them to go on the rides, of course. Must I pass through the bowels of the monster? This is a confusing mess. What? I wish I knew, man. Why? That stuff is for the birds. What? Who are you? Why? Are your memories halfway in need of sun? Why? Um... The dawn of the insectoids! Um. Uh, uh, Don't puke and pig boogers on this game! That's a rude thing to say. Hey, uh, uh, who are you? <laughs> Slimy Squid Boy broke loose. Wish I could. Where is that awful music coming from? I like this music. It's got a great beat. Oh, it's making me seasick. Do, 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 
doing here? Who am I? Meat. His arms were red with blood and he was swinging around the head as he was talking. Ah, now there be a melody. Any good sailor would dance a jig to. Enough games. Enough games. Enough games. Yield before Olmec. We have a winner. Amen to that. Oh, don't cry. The music's not so bad. <laughs> That evil machine will be silent for a while.